Welcome everyone to Love and Pod, a weekly Trigun Stampede podcast. I am your host, Lady Zeon the Double Fang, and with me is my co-host, Kai the Non-Binary Typhoon. Hey, I'm Kai Keta. Uh, I run Kai Keta Analysis. Um, I'm a longtime Trigun fan, really excited to uh, get to watch and talk about this anime. So for those who are new to Trigun, like, we are, like, diehard fans of what have come before. Um, and when I heard that there was going to be a new Trigun anime, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Like, I love the manga. Am I finally going to get to see the manga fully adapted on screen? No, no, I'm not getting that at all. Um, this is a complete reimagining. And, like, I'm coming in from the perspective of I have watched the anime uh, I watched it back in the long, long ago. Had a lot of fond nostalgic memories for it. Uh, I read the manga. Ended up liking the manga even more. Um, and then, Kai, you are also a like long time, or not long time time, but you know you are also a big fan of Trigon. Uh, yeah. So it was actually um, I'd been a big fan of it since around like high school, so around like two thousand nine to two thousand ten ish. Um, all the way up until around 2021, it would be like my one answer for what's your favorite anime of all time, even though it wasn't until around like 2019 and 2020 that I really, I would say properly fandom ended. it. So nobody knew that it was my favorite anime of all time. And the only reason it's not anymore is because Shirobako came to my life and that's an anime about making anime. It's kind of hard to top that. <laughs> so yeah, um... Had you seen, because like, you know, I'm the one that approached you for this podcast, and uh, were you, like, had, had you seen, like, any of the, like, ads and trailers for this going into it, or, like, you know, or was this kind of fresh to you, like, you know, coming in? I was, I, I did, but I wasn't really that hyped about it from what I had been seeing. It was very much so a, huh, that's interesting. Because um, I was a part of the um, Trigun Reanimate project where we reanimated the opening. And uh -huh. uh, in that, like, we had a whole note to, like, Night Tal that was there. We didn't expect anybody to see, but we put it up like, hey, we would love it if, you know, you guys brought the anime back and adapted the manga. Like, that would be awesome. And then, like, just a few years later, we get Trigun Stampede announcement. So that server was kind of blowing up and exploding with it. So I had seen, like... Uh, one of the trailers, I think there was only the one teaser, I don't know actually, but like, yeah, it was kind of something that was there and was kind of on my radar, but I wasn't paying too much attention to, so when you approached me about the podcast, I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing, and I looked up, when is that first episode? Oh, it's tomorrow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like that that for those curious like that is how short notice this podcast is is that like like first off like yeah i was like oh we're gonna make a new anime is it gonna be like the manga is it gonna follow the manga and it's like it's gonna be cg uh-oh but it's gonna be by like the people who made like beast stars and lands of the lustrous so i'm like oh okay the good cg anime people all right and then like the first trailer drops and i'm like what did they do to Vash? Yeah. What is, like, what's happening? What's going okay. on? And I, uh, so like, I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like a TMNT fan. I'm used to watching my franchises getting rebooted and remixed and whatever. I would really like a faithful adaptation of the manga one day in the far flung future. But, you know, if that's not what I'm getting, it's, you know, more Trigon and new takes on Trigon, I am still open to. 
So, like, I had had this idea. I'm like, wait, I just, like, redid, like, all this Trigun watching and reading. I'm like, I should just do a damn podcast. And I was like, oh, I should ask Kai to be in this podcast. And here you are listening to this podcast. Yeah, I remember you uh, a while back, you seeing me say something about uh, Trigun on Twitter. I don't even know what it was. And you're probably like, oh, you're reading Trigun or you watch Trigun. I think it was when I was reading the manga because the people in the Mm -hmm. Trigun Discord had finally convinced me to uh, read it. And you're like, oh, you're reading Trigun. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've always been a fan of Trigun. But that was another case of the like, yeah, it's just kind of been there and I never really talked about it before. It's like, yeah, it's my favorite thing on the planet. I just haven't mentioned it until now. Had, it wasn't plot relevant. I had a whole animation that I had started and never finished because, of course, I did. That was centered around how funny I had realized. Like, I had the realization of how ironic it was that I never did, like, a proper fandom hyperfixation of it. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's the B fandom. Bash is in the B team. Right? Like, like <laughs> where where is your, like, you know, 15-hour character analysis on Vash's Stampede and the ethics of uh, pacifism? Like, come on. Okay, so that is actually uh, being put onto me comparing Sandy from Lego Monkey Kid to Vash. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all okay, over okay, my okay, Tumblr. Okay. <laughs> I drew a okay, drawing so, of so, it and so, everything. so you're just gonna take 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 your two fandom obsessions. We're just gonna like crudely stitch this together as a Frankenstein's analysis. Got it? Yeah, I mean, heck, they uh, they put like Johnny Young Bosch as uh, one of the characters of Lego Monkey Kid of Naja, which had me like, hello. <laughs> so they did. They it's did Vash! It too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, now that we got like you know basically introductions out of the way, let's go ahead. Like we have now seen the first episode. Um, I have watched it twice. I have taken notes. Um, and I'm just going to, for those, you know, oh, I was about to say, for those new to this podcast, it's the first fucking episode. Everyone's new to this podcast. (laughs) So for this podcast, the structure will go as such. Uh, I will go through and recap the episode. Then we will talk about these, the episode on its own merits, like just, Purely in a bubble, how good is it as, like, a show, as a piece of, like, animated entertainment? And afterwards, we will then pick it apart like pedantic little fans bitching about it, like, as if we were, like, like obnoxious assholes on Twitter. Um, and just complain our hearts out, or praise our hearts out, as fans of uh, this franchise. So... To summarize the episode, it begins on a cold open. We're in space. We have these spaceships. They're labeled seeds. Um, We have this kid who is named Vash looking at all these people who are like uh, kind of in a cryo sleep. Um, Cold open. Har har. And (laughs) we then go to oh shit like the ship's breaking down everything's on fire uh there's like another little blonde kid his name is nye uh there's like a woman who is kind of like i guess a motherly figure uh as far as like you know the episode is showing us named rem she gets them together puts them on an escape pod has a teary farewell um, Nye is just like, Rem, come with us, and she just kind of closes the thing and says how much joy, you know, these boys have brought to her, and she pulls the lever on the escape pod, sending them out, and... Ooh, what you say? To the, 
<laughs> yeah, no, and then like, and then we see her getting just engulfed in a ball of fire as they're ejected from the ship, and we get the splash of the title card. Then we hard cut to two reporters, uh, Roberto and Merrill. Roberto was this old alcoholic, surly douche who's just really jaded, very condescending to Merrill, who's like the newbie. Meryl is quick to talk about how, like, you know, she's a 23-year-old university graduate and, like, being a reporter has always been her passion and that she's going, basically just going to, like, you know, take the reporting world by storm. Very much a uh, plucky, adventurous, go-getter, Lois Lane waifu. <sighs> then we get, like, some exposition about the planet and Meryl... Like, is asking if this humanoid typhoon that they are looking for, because they are looking for someone named the humanoid typhoon who is, like, the most wanted man on the planet. Um, and he's just like, oh, you've never heard of the humanoid typhoon, blah, blah, blah. And Meryl's talking about getting her big scoop. And as they're walking through the desert, uh, they stumble across some dead bodies, but... One of them isn't dead. It's a guy in a long red trench coat, uh, hanging upside down. Buzzers are picking at him. And they find him. They untie him. Uh, they assume he was strung up by the Badlands gang, um, who we do not see at all in this episode. But, you know, world building. <clears throat> uh, they talk to the mysterious fella. Uh, they note that he has a prosthetic arm that Roberto refers to as lost technology. Um, then the military police show up with a wanted poster for Vasta Stampede, the humanoid typhoon, the most wanted man. And Merrill is just like, oh yeah, he went that away, pointing them in the completely wrong direction. Uh, Merrill then lassos Vash. Uh, who is the person that they had saved. And they're like, well, I'm going to get my scoop. I'm going to get my interview. And also, you know, like as reporters, it is our job, you know, to like clear his name in case he has been falsely accused. As I say, which like, yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, there's some truth to that, but also um, are there not like lawyers and stuff around? <laughs> yeah, no, job? like I was very confused by that statement of like, it's our job. It's just like, do you guys not have a legal system? I get like, the, I know I get this the is feeling. like very cowboy y, yeah. but damn. I get the feeling because there are a lot of cases that you see of people saying, like, oh, yeah, reporters, if they know something, or they, uh, you see a lot of stories and a lot of, you know, stuff where like reporters get in and they find out something the lawyers and the judges and the police never did or something. But the idea of Merrill being like, oh, yeah, this is our job, I'm like, a lot of the times it just kind of happens like because you're in the right place at the right time, not so much it's specifically your job. That's just my feelings on like that. It's still like I get yeah. it though. <clears throat> so Vash is just like, okay, uh, you can have your interview, but let's let's do it at a diner. And Meryl's just like, oh, there's a diner. So she ropes him into town, and they go to a place called Genora Rock. They go into a tavern, and uh, everyone there knows Vash. Apparently, Vash has saved this town once before, and then they uh quickly find out that they're water plant has uh been down they've had to import water from other towns so no one has clean water it's all filthy so vash goes to inspect their plant then we get um some very awkward exposition from merrill 
honestly, a lot of the exposition in this episode yeah. is awkwardly delivered. I have a and whole I paragraph definitely... in my notes about that. <laughs> okay, good. We both noticed. That's like, man, that's little info okay. Dumpy. Thank you for letting me know this thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Meryl gives exposition about how like plants are these um like lost technology from the spacefaring era before they crash land on this planet and they are the thing that helps them live and sustain life on this harsh desert planet uh vash goes and looks at the plants one of them is red uh it's the one that is malfunctioned and vash is like it's dying and he's like and really vash freaked seems... out about it yeah yeah like vash seems legitimately like kind of terrified by the concept of this thing dying um, and what it could mean. Uh, before we get any kind of explanation on that, the military police show up to arrest Vash. They're like, hey, you know, his his uh, uh, warrant for his arrest, you know, the reward, six, was it six million double dollars for his reward. Uh, and uh, like, that'll totally pay for like a new plant for your town. It's like, see, like they don't give a shit about your life. Then Roberto, I guess, kind of tricks the military police. Like, you know, uh, I'm going to have to, like, write an article about how you guys are a bunch of big old pussies because, like, you're just, like, taking this guy. Like, you're not even going to give him a fair, sh like, fair shot, which... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because huh? that works so well. I don't know. This is also coming it's from It's just Japan. like, could you imagine walking up to a cop and be like, I'm going to write an article about how you're a big old pussy. <laughs> you should, like, you should fist fight this guy. Like, That'll obviously fix everything. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, like, they go to have, like, uh, I guess a gentlemanly duel where I guess Vash is just going to kill a member of law enforcement if he won the duel which i don't even know how that works it's like what happens like you know they like 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 if things went the way like you know a duel would typically go like is vash going to like bust a cap in this military like this military policeman and then it's just like well done happens then but no he's still wanted absolutely no consequences <laughs> whatsoever in fact, now now he just added an extra charge because he assaulted an officer <laughs> so whatever um the cop though goes and chucks his gun in the air like and vash is like oh thank goodness we're not gonna duel then he pulls out like a fucking like mini pod rocket launcher thing and launches like a bunch of scatter rockets like into the air that like burst into like small little missiles that are coming down and they're falling and Vash is just like oh shit and the everyone in the area is freaking the fuck out um the the, the fucking military policeman is just like like what you thought I was gonna fucking like have a duel with you fuck that noise and it's just like Bro, you just fired a bunch of fucking mini rockets into the air. What is your goal here? That guy was nuts, like, though. Dude. Like, like, he was just crazy. Like, I mean, like, I know cops have a history of excessive, excessive, excessive violence. But, like, bro, you're going to blow your own self yeah, up. Yeah, that's the part that confused. Like, that guy just was absolutely nuts. The way he was laughing and everything was very just, Yeah, no, it's just, just like, Whoa, maniacal laughter cop. And it's just like, okay. So then Vash points his gun up in the air and, like, pulls the trigger. Pulls the trigger. Pull oh, fuck, he's out of ammo. I don't know how he, does he wasn't out of ammo or he didn't have ammo on him at all. So he starts freaking out, asking everybody for like a 0.22 caliber bullet 
Um, Meryl's just like, why isn't anybody helping him? Roberto is just like lecturing her on like, you know, bravery. It's just like, you know, coward is a word of privilege and like, you're going to get yourself fucking killed. Like you're not long for this world, just like this guy, uh, in this doggy dog world. And, um, Roberto's Rosa... the reason they're in this mess anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, like Roberto is the one who fucking like, no, oh, oh man, I got some shit to say. <laughs> so anyhow, Rosa, the bartender who is like super friendly towards Vash is just like, here, here's a bullet one bullet and Meryl comes and runs out and just with the most perfect throw ever like that woman just Olympic tosses this bullet all the way up a mountain like above Vash's head and Vash goes to catch it and the military police officer fires the bullet out of the air sending it away Vash has to now comically run after it gets the bullet, puts it in the chamber, goes to uh, fire it. The police officer, the officer shoots his gun to the side and keeps him from firing upward. And which is such a, I have some, I have so much to fucking say about this. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it all in because there's so much like stupid that's being presented at, as cool happening at once. And I have, Oh, I have so much to unpack. Um, that officer so, just, his motivations confuse me. And I'll leave it at that. I, yeah, I have no fucking clue. I have no, so like he goes and confronts fashion, like almost like a fist fight as like, fucking like, like, like it's the, like it's goddamn WrestleMania fucking Vash grabs his arm and like fucking hip tosses his ass onto the goddamn ground. Then he takes his mechanical arm, crushes it into the ground, pulls out a rock, throws it upward, fires a bullet into the rock, causing the rock to splinter and hit all of the rockets, exploding them in midair. And then afterwards, uh, Vash is like trying to play dumb. It's like, boy, well, I sure was. I sure am a lucky duck. Like, oh, like yeah, I didn't think one bullet was gonna be able to pull that off. And Meryl's just kind of looking like him, looking at him like, you are so full of fucking shit yeah, right like, now. Bullshit. <laughs> like, why the fuck are you Roberto... lying? <laughs> and then Roberto was just like, so who are you afraid of? And Vash is just like, huh? And it's just like, you were not afraid at all from those military police, but you freaked the fuck out when you saw that, uh, that dying plant. What's coming? What are you afraid of? So then we get a flashback to um, all the way back from the beginning. Now on this planet of dead or no man's land and uh, Vash is like little kid Vash is freaking out. Nye is like maniacally laughing about how like, you know, he's killed them all and blah, blah, blah. And like Vash is his accomplice. And then it cuts back and he's just like, I have a brother named Knives. Have you ever heard of Millions Knives? And then we hard cut to um what we can assume is his old is his brother um like you know older knives playing the piano dramatically and saying, you know, this time I will eliminate all of them. End of episode. I've got Okay, thoughts. so <laughs> Okay. It seems like um, we both have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, hmm. So, honestly, like, I feel like talking about this 
on its own merits is so super fucking easy because I have so much to say just on like how this episode functions as an episode. I have a, but, um, yeah, I have a few things. It's hard for me because it's hard to like not think in the sense of like, oh, they did this thing that doesn't work, but like the original anime <laughs> did that better, and so it's hard to not think of it and try to get out of that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely trying to compartmentalize this as like you know, and and definitely the other like both the manga had a much better first chapter and the anime had a much better first episode, but. Like, I still think this, this is pretty easy to compartmentalize, for mm -hmm. me at least. Um, so, let's start with uh, that cold open. Um, I don't understand why Rem didn't get in the escape pod with them right out of the gate. Like, it's just, like, you have knives being like, come with us, Rem. And she's just, like, looking all teary-eyed. And she's like, she closes the door and she pulls the... um like lever to eject them and it's just like does she have to be outside to eject it who the fuck designs an escape pod that you have to eject from the outside that's a very good point why is that even an option <laughs> i didn't what? even think of what that. because like honestly no it's a bad option too because like if you think about it it's just like somebody always has to be the sacrifice like, like it's like yeah no it's just like okay like you get to be the martyr everyone else gets to escape it's just what what i can't understand like as a design uh like if we're thinking like the whole technology of it and everything i can't understand the concept of like if there's a case like having it as an option as well as having an option to get at like if there's both there uh i can see like yeah. where that would like come to mind of like oh yeah like in case of something or whatever you want to make sure yeah no yeah like, like an emergency on. release hatch yeah latch. like from the outside and there's also one on the inside you know like i can see that and so that is a possibility but it does like because like... i'm trying to think of it just like what is her rationale in this moment like because she gives this teary farewell about how much these kids mean to her and then she ejects them, and then they get to, like, watch her get engulfed in a fireball. So it's not even like she got to accomplish anything, like, after she launched them. She died immediately after. Yeah, if it's, like, the so... idea of, if the idea was that, like, oh, uh, she has something she needs to do from uh, inside or something like that, like, yeah. at least giving it more time before it blows up, I think, would be better for that than just... Because if the flames are that close to you, if you're that close to it all exploding, then what are you? What is the goal of you staying there for that long? Yeah, you know? I don't like. I I have no clue. Hopefully, a later episode will contextualize this. Like you know, hopefully this is just like the first episode, so it's like you know, it's kind of setting up a bit of a mystery, maybe. But honestly, like this series doesn't seem very interested in mysteries. It's just like laying all of its cards on the table immediately um so after the you know hard cut to i guess what we can call present day and we get roberto and meryl um god i hate this fucking dynamic i hate like smug older guy who knows the ropes and you know he's cynical but he's also just happens to kind of be right about stuff and you have Meryl who's like the upstart um you know rookie and she like really here's really thing. playing into the naivety versus like old and weary Experience. and it, I'm kind yeah. of 
I'm kind of weary of this dynamic and a lot of stuff. Uh, the kind of yeah. character that Meryl has here is like, I, it's not bad in and of its own, but I'm kind, I don't think, but it's also like, I'm kind of tired of seeing the like super plucky and everything is good and I'm going to like make sure everybody is good and oh my God, people are bad. You know, like I'm kind of, I don't know. There's, it's, there's... It's, a, it's a very well-worn trope and it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's so, the way like, to this, put this, it. This dynamic... Trope. Yeah, and honestly, like, it does feel eh, a little sexist that, like, you keep having this this older dude. And I guess maybe, like, part of it is to, like, show that, like, well, she's not actually, like, you know, dumb. Like, he's giving her credit. Because, honestly, like, the, the episode does go out of its way to, like... They tell us, um, like, twice that she, like, graduated from this nice college. I think they only say it twice. It might have been three times um, that they brought yeah. her up. So they really wanted to make the point of, like, she's not stupid. She's well-learned. She knows things. Yeah. yeah but here's the thing though like um so like it kind of like proves roberto wrong but like like it also just feels like it's just there for exposition like like where he just kind of lectures her about like no man's land and like the the the, the harsh planet that they live on it's like bitch she's 23 and she lives here <laughs> yeah she knows it's it's all very the whole episode felt very info dumpy and i know i had that like in my yeah. notes of like it was just one info dump conversation after another and yeah. it's a very common problem in a lot of serialized stories that like their first it's... episode is like here's all the information about the world and funnily enough those are the things that i usually can't really get into because they throw all this information at me all at once and i can't remember it and then, like, yeah. like seven episodes later, they bring up something again that they brought up in the first episode along with 12 other things. And I'm expected to remember right. what the context of it is. And I really don't because <laughs> it was too much yeah, all at once. Like, 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 because and it's very much like, well, as you already know, exposition dump, like it's it's things that's like. Well, wait. Why Nobody is this exposition? Because like it's like this exposition isn't here for the characters; it's here for the audience. Because Meryl knows this shit. She knows, like, um, like she she knows like what this planet is like. And he goes, "What? You don't know about the humanoid typhoon?" It's just like, well, no, no. She she knows who the humanoid typhoon is, but she just doesn't really like, believe. She, it. she just doesn't believe all the rumors about him. Mm. And it's just oh. there. There are and ways. Then, There's a lot of shows and stuff, and there are ways to, um, you know, have that sort of like characters having conversation about stuff going that you know they all know and there's no reason why none of them shouldn't know it there's ways to bring that up naturally in conversation without like having it so like i'm gonna explicitly tell you a thing that i am also saying you already know anyways like there's better ways right. to write that dialogue <laughs> so you know they're they're looking for this vast stampede and they just they just stumble upon him like like a someone like they go like oh He's in this town. We're gonna go to this town, and then they 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 meet up with him. Like, it's just they just happen to find some guy hanging out in the fucking desert, literally hanging. Yeah, conveniently, and, right when they were talking about him too. Yeah, and it's just like that. Just feels kind of clumsy and lazy. Um, I did like the little touch of him wearing the the seeds jacket. So it's just like you know his his red jacket that he's wearing has the patch for like the seeds organization. So you know like oh 
Like, even if you don't immediately, like, uh, pick up on, like, oh, this is the kid from the beginning, like, you also have this little indicator that, like, oh, like, he has a connection, like, he was on that ship. Mm -hmm. I know I did really, uh, I did really like how they, I I do really like Vash in this, too. I think uh, at some points he gets kind of silly, but, like, uh, a little too silly, but even then, like, I know in the big action scene there was, like, a point where he was, like, literally crying, and it didn't feel like playing it up to make a point it felt like he really was just like breaking down right there and i'm like okay this is this is getting a little much (laughs) yeah no like there was a bit of a like okay so like for, for the most of this episode like i don't really have a whole lot to say for like the middle portion of this like other than like you know the big awkward exposition meryl do you know what a plant is it's like yeah bro it's the fucking that's like actually it's like do you know what, like, you know, the fucking electric company is? Do you know what a gas station is? It's like, yeah, bro, she fucking lives on this goddamn planet. Once again, she's 20-fucking-three. Yeah, she like, goddamn knows. Kindergarten, like, I work as a substitute teacher. Kindergartners know what electricity is. They don't know all the ins right. and outs, but they understand the concept of there's a place you can go to where you can see where they are generating electricity. Even if they don't know about yeah. those words, they still understand that concept. So the idea of a 23-year-old who's, again, they make a huge point about her being very learned and very, like, very well-educated. Super basic thing. Like, it's it's weird. It's it's awkward. The exposition's really awkward. I I will say one moment I really, really liked was when they were at the tavern. And it's just like, you know, depending on, like, you know, what your relationship with Vash is... We might have to kick your ass. And then Vash is just like, whoa, they're friends. It's just like, then what's with the rope? And he just kind of slips out and he goes, what rope? <laughs> I literally wrote like, that in my notes, too. Of like, yeah, he's, he, that, that's the exact sort of stuff I love Vash for. That is, is like <laughs> That is such a good little character moment. It's a, it's a tiny little thing where it's just like, you get this feeling of something so simple isn't going to stop this guy. Like, he, yeah. like in, you know, he's very just calm and relaxed. You know, he will kind of go with the motion. He's very non-confrontational. And the moment he's in an environment where, like, something bad could happen to other people, he completely defuses it by going, look, no, 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 everything's fine. And because they're in an environment where everyone's comfortable with him... The reporters now have to be comfortable with Vash, so it's 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 a that is an expertly written like little moment. It's like this little like thirty second bit in this episode that I feel like this chef's kiss. Like yeah. that was that that both both just as like you know as a piece of media and also like as a fan of Trigon. Like that was. They, yeah. they really nailed it was, that. It's, it shows that he has the skill that a rope like that, you know, he could have gotten out of it the whole time. Because you know? mm-hmm. there was nothing different between those situations of how he's suddenly able to get out of it now. But it was like so quick and instant. So it's mm-hmm. like he was going along with it because, like you said, he was being non-confrontational. And he was like, these people just like, you know, are just 
they're just being cautious or whatever and you know yeah. they want to go to the diner of me... people who i know already like me so it's fine yeah. i'll go along with it okay so like the one thing that gets me is just like how was he hanging upside down like why didn't he slip out of those ropes like was he actually in danger or could he have just gotten out at any point oh right and it's not like it was like a super recent thing because the two other bodies were like still there and well decom dead like, yeah well well long like dead so it's that is that does so, raise so, the so question. So he has been there for a bit. Yeah, that hmm. so yeah. Hopefully, hopefully a later episode will fill that in. But that once again kind of just felt like lazy writing, where it's just like, well, we need to like introduce him. Oh, we'll just have this little comedic bit where he's hanging upside down without really thinking about the logic behind that. Like you're literally gonna have him slip out of a rope later in this episode, but not. But also have him introduced hanging upside down and just being stuck there and needing other people to save him. Yeah. It's it's a really weird little bit. Like it's like, eh, guys, you gotta have to pick one. I feel like there's a lot of like not of like writers not really considering character motivation as far as they should. Because again, that yeah. stuff with like the military police officer was like, why, why? Yeah, no, what I, do you gain yeah, no, okay, from so, 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 any yeah, let, of let, this? Yeah, what? Why are you doing this duel? Why the mini rocket thing? Like, you're going to fucking destroy, like, half this fucking town for, like, what purpose? If he was, like... like if he was uh, just a random... Uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of the words. But a random outlaw? Like, I can see an outlaw. Like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to go crazy. But this is a yeah. military police officer who has the job of get Vash, you know, get the humanoid typhoon... Um, and get yeah. him alive because the other military officers did as well like bring that up like what are you doing we need him alive like okay seriously what are your motivations why are you suddenly killing everybody here yeah no i have no fucking clue like i have no goddamn clue because just like you can't get the rewards if he's like in pieces and also okay so i have so much to say about this because one like i feel like there's a lot of artificial tension because like, he fires these rockets in the air. I don't know why the hell he's firing these rockets, but, like, they're coming down, like, super slow. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Like, like wow, these are taking a while. I didn't think they were that high up, but apparently they're close enough that Bash was able to throw a rock really close to them. So, why are they yeah. flying so slow? I don't... I don't... Yeah, I, I really couldn't figure out that, like, the timing on it. Just, this is, like, one of those things that, like, maybe in manga it would have worked because, you know, the pacing in manga is whatever you're reading. Yeah. Um, but here, it's just like, we're feeling the passage of time in motion because it's an anime, and this just doesn't work. And for the record, like, even though I, I, I bring up manga as an example where something like this would work, this is not something in the manga. This is There's nothing like this in the manga at all. Yeah, there's like... Um... This is whole cloth made up for this... Uh, show i feel like this whole episode feels a lot like a first draft that didn't get the time in the editing room that it needed it's a common like trick when you're writing if you get stuck when you're writing a scene uh there's like one in specifically that's like just have someone kick down the door with a gun you know just like in any yeah. scene you know you can if you're really stuck and you've got that bad of like writer's block on this scene do something crazy like that and see where it goes and then go back and edit it and that feels mm -hmm. like to make it flow better. And that feels like something like the military officer throwing his gun away and then suddenly firing something like that is like, feels like something like that. Where it's like, oh, now he's got this big old cluster bomb thing, you know, which again is a way to get you out of a writing block, 
but you need to go back and edit it to make it flow better and make it make more sense. Yeah, because just like it, this never should have been like like literally you had established that there's like the Badland Gang. You use this Badland Gang that you have name dropped, like you know a bunch of fucking criminals, like you know who care. N- not at all about like property damage would have made so much well, more sense. And before that, military police isn't actually military police, and they're the Badland Gang, and they stole stuff from the military police. Yeah, anything. Any you know thing. what? That's something that could possibly be revealed in a later episode. And I'm gonna give this. I'm trying to give this anime like going in. Like it's the first episode. There's a lot of things that like. For all we know, like there is a possibility that like a few episodes down the line, we're gonna go. Oh, you know. So it's like, I want to give that benefit of the doubt that something like that could be the case and would make a lot of those actions make a lot more sense. But because again, like I even said earlier with the officer being like freaking batshit crazy, um, if it was an outlaw, I'd believe it more because usually they're very like batshit crazy and devoid of like, um, usually, especially in like Westerns, that's the idea is that they don't really Mm -hmm. have very big like empathy for other people and stuff, you know? So that's a possibility, but it, yeah. it, it, I'm not going to like give them credit for something they didn't do, but I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that that's possible. Yeah, like like I'm going to approach that a bit more openly. Uh, something I'm not going to approach more openly, though, is like, okay, so Vash doesn't have a gun, or he doesn't have any bullets. The, the, the cluster bombs are coming down um, slow as hell. At this point, the entire town could, could have fucking evacuated, whatever. But, like, Vash is having this big panic freak out, and the whole time, I'm just like, bro, that guy threw his gun away. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I kept expecting him to Use his gun! I kept expecting him to go for it, but then eventually, like, the guy has his gun again, I think, because, like, that's how he yeah, shot yeah. that one. Like, when did he pick it up? When did... <laughs> Wait. Yeah. When did he get it back? So, did like... y'all forget that he threw it away? And, like, we know Vash is very skilled because we saw him get out of that rope super quick and everything. And as much of a gag yeah. as that is, it's still, like, yeah, he's really quick. You know, I could believe that, that he could quickly grab that gun and the bullets out of it. Mm, this scene is trying to be tense and not tense at the same time. I'm getting, like, yeah, tunnel whiplash Yeah, it's trying to be here. silly. And, t- and then, like, you know, Meryl just being like, why isn't anybody helping him? It's just like, Meryl, why do you assume someone has the exact caliber of bullet that he needs? Shit, why does the you tavern have lady have? <laughs> why does the tavern lady have the caliber of bullet that he needs? Why does she only have one? Whatever. Yeah, her only having one is kind of bizarre to me, but it's like, I can believe with, like, this world, uh, like, it being a Western yeah. style, I can believe that there's, like, ammo hiding around, and there's a lot of, I guess, contrivance is the word. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's, like, just there because, well, someone has to give him the bullet, yeah. you know? And, it's like, you know, we, like... We, we need to have the tense scene where he doesn't have bullets. Well, that guy threw his gun on the ground. Don't, don't worry about the gun back. He, he, Vash isn't using that gun for some undisclosed reason. Okay, well, well, he needs a bullet. Um... Well, someone needs to give him the bullets, so it needs to be Meryl. Well, you know, we, we established that the that the town was kind of betraying Vash, or the, the, the military police officer implied that the that the the bar tavern lady Rosa was uh, betraying him for money. So it's like she gives Meryl the bullet to give to Vash. And then like Meryl even says, like, it's from Rosa, and it's just like I guess the like, you know, 
the the catharsis that Vash knows that like he wasn't betrayed. I mean, there's uh. a possibility that that gun that the guy had that the military officer had wasn't like didn't have the right type of bullets. I guess even though it well, looks very similar. Well, it doesn't even need the right type. I just but it's like, like they why can't he just fire the gun? Crap! There goes my thing. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Like goes... I was just thinking. Like <laughs> right. I was just thinking like Vash wasn't gonna fire his gun. And, like, maybe, like, honestly, like, I had this whole thought, like, oh, he's gonna, like, uh, 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 see the gun. Like, maybe military officer sees it, goes, oh, shit, I threw my gun in. Uh, and they both run at it. Vash just takes his gun, throws it, hits the fucker right in the face, grabs his, grabs the, the officer's gun, and then fires it into the air instead. But Meryl has to help save the day, don't you get it? <laughs> it's girl power! <laughs> You gotta do it for the feminisms! Oh, God. So, okay. And also, I guess, you know, Meryl needs to, like, prove Roberto wrong. That, like, you know, her mentality of helping people is actually good. You know, because we gotta put the grumpy old... The, 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 our feminist icon has to put the grumpy old guy in, in his place. Oh, but whatever. So anyhow, like, okay, I'm going to talk. I can't believe I'm going to say this in the context of a Trigun podcast. I need to talk about power scaling. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I don't even like talking about this in Shonen anime. And hey, here I am about to fucking talk about You get to about talk about power scaling and then I get to talk about animation. How about that? Okay. So, uh, uh, so Meryl chucks a bullet. Like, a football field's, like, length in height up a fucking mountain onto a, uh, over, up to a cliff where Vash is. It's like, what? Like, how strong is she? Like, that was literally, like, distracting from me because, like, I thought, like, this gunman's supposed to be superhuman and he, she just chucks it all the way up there and I'm like, okay, like, a little reality breaking for me, but not a huge deal. Not a not a big, you know, it's not gonna ruin it for me. Mm -hmm. But then like the MP fires the bullet out of the air. That is like a Vash move. That's a there's something superhuman about this person. Yeah, that's a, that, a that, that is like that's like superhuman like marksmanship. And I'm just thinking well, one, I'm surprised that bullet didn't shatter the other bullet or damage it, but whatever. Like, you know, the bullet gets fired out of the air, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Because, like, when it happened, I was so surprised. Like, you know, and, like, what is this MP, like, worried about? It's a single bullet. Like, like how skilled does he really think Vash is? It and if that's the case... Just fucking shoot Vash! Is that level of marksmanship, is that level, like, the average around there or something? Like, is everyone at... In which case, yeah. why is Vash special? Yeah, so, like, like if literally the, the very first jobber we see is pulling off these kind of trick shots, it literally, like, makes me wonder, I'm like, what's special about the super special gunman now? Like, is this character, and maybe I'm coming in with my own preconceptions of what Vash the Stampede is supposed to be, you know, and maybe they're they're not going to make him a super skilled, um, like, gunman, which would be really weird. I was so surprised when he, like, breaks the ground and chucks a rock into the sky, 
And like, and that I could totally buy because like he's using his, you know, cyborg arm. He's this super skilled superhuman, whatever. And he fires that and then the, like the fucking Chain rock shatters and hits all of them. And I'm like, okay, so like, is that super impressive? Because, and yeah, no, like all of that entire segment, I was just so like, I think I was supposed to find this cool, but I'm just very confused. I recognize that it was like an impressive shot, but especially after like specifically the like Meryl throwing that bullet so far and like all that other stuff. It was like, yeah, yeah, that's impressive, but also not any more impressive than everything else I've seen in this episode already. Yeah. And also like like that honestly felt more like dumb luck because he like fired a bullet and like just how the rock shatters and um like just like it splinters and hits like all the little things and it blows them up in midair and i'm like like, like honestly i didn't think that was very cool yeah and the rock itself has to be a very specific like size and shape to make that happen as well and yeah he didn't sit there and chisel the rock into a specific shape so that he'd be able to do it or he didn't pick up a specific like rock that he saw that he knew he could make work by hitting it no it was just so much random luck to make that work. Yeah, like that whole segment, that big finale, like the 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 set piece like moment of that episode just felt and then also that that cop like fucking shoots the very tip of Vash's gun tilting his shot. So it's just like which is like another like pretty impressive shot. Also, why not just shoot Vash? I don't know why you're not just shooting he's the fucking already, criminal. He's already, like, setting everybody in that town up to die, including himself, most likely. That's my understanding. It's like, yeah. wh- why not? Why aren't you just shooting Vash? What's stopping yeah, you? I, I, I have no clue what the motive... Like, like, I have no clue what the motivation is. I have no clue... Like, like, like the, the perception of tension in time. It's just everything just feels so artificially strained to have Vash do this really cool thing. But then, like, you're seeing all these kind of other superhuman things. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be impressed by anymore. I'm going to stand by it feels very first draft. You know, it really feels. Yeah, very no, I, I totally agree with you. Like this, this first episode has that kind of first draft sickness, this kind of that first episode growing pains where it's just like, we're going to put our own stamp on this. But then they didn't really think about like, like, you know, it's like, okay, well, these are all the things we need to establish in this episode because it is Trigon. And they didn't really think about like how to make the pieces work and how they introduce... Because, like, I don't inherently have a problem with them. And I had, like, for what it's worth, I had fun. I had that thought while I was watching it, too. Like, I had fun watching the episode, and I started to watch it a second time, but I kind of, like, spaced out. So it was like, yeah, I had fun, but it wasn't, like, super hype excited. But again, it is just the first episode. It's not like the whole anime is going to be like that. But it's like, I, I don't think it's terrible and awful and disgusting i just it mm, was okay i guess all right so the animation you had things to say about it yeah uh i'm gonna throw out there the uh context of like i went to school for animation uh for a while um and i have been studying animation for very 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 long time uh and i'm very passionate about it so throwing that out there you know, for the, like, credentials, I guess, or whatever, I guess is the word, but, um, 
I'm not against the idea of this style of CG animation in its own right. It doesn't appeal to me. I know, like, I've had people ask me, what did you think of the Dragon Ball movie that came out? And I'm like, oh, I still haven't watched it. And part of that is, like, it's not a conscious avoiding it thing. It's a, I just don't care. And whenever I see clips of it, I'm like, eh, you know. And it's kind of the same with mm-hmm. this. Of I, I think that's why when, like, the teaser trailer dropped out, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want to watch this <laughs> because it's like, I don't hate it. And I know that like, it's a new style of animation. It's a brand new style of animation. It's going to like take a while to get accustomed to, you know, and it's going to take a while right. of growing pains. Um, something that like I got kind of, uh, I don't know that I kind of noticed about it was especially early on in the episode, it seemed like they were avoiding showing the characters talking. Like there's one point where Roberto's looking at like whatever paper and Meryl's talking and she's behind the paper. And there's like several moments throughout that where it feels so like awkwardly composited that I can't help but feel like they struggled to get the animation of like the 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 lip sync animation to look right or something for that scene. So they just covered it. I can't help but feel that's how it was because I can't think of other motivations for that. I mean, it could have just been poor blocking. Yeah, like, you know, that is also a thing, but it's like just kind of in the back of my mind that that like might be a possibility. And then the big thing too is that it doesn't, it feels an awful lot like when I see a lot of newer animators uh, and I went through this phase as well of like being so scared to draw ugly frames or ugly like anything that like quote-unquote ugly where it's like there's not really a whole lot of real expressive energy which is what animation is for I don't know there was like moments where uh, I know when Vash was freaking out about like crying and and he was crying and stuff part of what made that feel less like a played up silly moment and more like it was trying to be super dramatic while it also felt kind of silly was the fact that like that was as expressive as it got and it still felt kind of like no but we can't make him look ugly we can't stretch his jaw too far you know we can't uh yeah i guess that's yeah. the thing we can't stretch the characters too far because that looks ugly and it's like but that's what animation does and it's more expressive and therefore more powerful and i feel like a lot of the problems with what makes this style of animation feel very like stiff to me is that kind of idea of like there's not a lot of stretching the characters limbs and stuff there's not a whole lot of it happening so i'm actually gonna be on the flip side of this um because i i've watched other stuff from the studio i've watched b stars um uh bb stars had like animal people and then the thing they did before that was landed illustrious which you know those were like girls well non non non-gendered crystal feminized things um uh so so this is like i think their first time really doing like actual anime people um i thought they did a pretty good job um i've watched plenty of cgi shows i think this is on the upper end of those uh i think aesthetically it looks nice i think i'm actually gonna be a little bit on the other end of like the expression thing because i actually thought the animation was surprisingly expressive uh, mostly because, like, you know, my expectations are set lower. And also, like, anime in general just 
isn't expressive in the same way that like animation, like anime in the nineties used to be. Like the 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 the, the chibi, super deformed, big eyes, big mouth expression. Because like you even see like a slight hint of that, like when they're looking at the um the wanted poster or like the 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 the, the pamphlet thing about the humanoid typhoon, and you have spiky haired, monster faced Vash, and like honestly, he looks in that drawing more like a like extreme expression that you would see Vash have in like the manga or the old anime. And yeah, like that's just something that just anime doesn't do anywhere near as much. And they always go for these more grounded, realistic expressions and it's fine. I think for what it is and what it is going for, I think visually I'm cool with it. I think it's pretty. It's nice to look at. I'm I'm not going to be super too harsh on it. Um like, you know, this is CGI on a TV budget and like, you know, if this was 2D animated, like we could have been looking at some really jank 2D animation instead. Um that just looked even more stiff and more awkward, like, you know. So, I'm going to give it credit where it is. Um, I've seen a lot of people praise the music. Um, I've watched this episode twice, and the music never really stood out. There was one point in the car where I heard, like, I I don't know if leitmotif is the right word for it, for what I'm thinking of, but, like, there's a very distinct, like, set of notes that goes, like, that feels trigun, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can't hum it on demand, unfortunately. But it's, like, that really, those low few couple notes are, like, that. I cannot get it out of my head or I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something that I noticed that I was like, Oh, Hey, that's that Trigun sound that I immediately associate with Trigun. That's cool that they still have that here. Yeah. Honestly, like the music didn't stand out to me at all. And I don't mean that as like a positive or a negative, like, like it didn't stand out in a negative way. It didn't stand out in a particular positive way. It just, it was there. It did its job. It, it accented the scenes in a way that I, that, I didn't even notice, but it also, it clearly wasn't silent because that would have been distracting. So it like, I know there has to be music. And like the second time I watched it and was taking notes, I meant to pay close attention to the music. And then by the time I had finished the episode, I went, fuck, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the music at all. Which like, you know, so, could be considered a good thing that like, cause that's what background music is supposed to do. It's supposed to kind of be there and accent the show and not distract mm-hmm. from the show. Um, but sometimes right. background, and that's not to say things where like you do notice the background music is bad. Like it's not bad to have background music that you can notice. And that is especially good, but I'm kind of with you where it's like, I didn't, it just blended in so well with the rest of the show that I'm just like, mm-hmm. I did, didn't really, other than that one time where like old Trigun fan brain went, oh my gosh, I know those notes. Like... Speaking of old Trigun fan brain, <laughs> time for the pedantic, angry, bitchy, like nerdy complaint segment of the episode. Why does, um, why actually, I don't have. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Like, I'm not even gonna be like super negative right out of the gate. Um, I okay. So, little <laughs> change that they made: calling knives nigh, and then I guess you know he renames himself Millions Knives. Cute. I like it. It's a nice little 
you know, because I always thought it was kind of weird that they gave this kid the name Knives, and it's like, oh my god, the kid that he named after a stabby object was evil. Whoever could have guessed? <laughs> it kind of gives the vibe of, like, uh, looking up a cool uh, name from a culture or language that's not yours, and then yeah. not really considering what it means. Like, in-universe, in that's what giving Knives the name Knives is. It's like, oh, hey, that sounds cool, and it's like, um, hey, friend, what, um... <laughs> But then it's like they named Vash Vash, so it's like, it doesn't, so I do kind of like it. It was like, yeah, I had to stop and think like, wait, is that how it always was? But, you know, like nope. I genuinely no, wasn't no. sure. It's, yeah, no, it, it was just like a nice little change that they made. I think that's actually a positive because also like Knives has like this whole theme of Knives. Like Vash is the gunfighter and Knives literally turns himself into blades and stuff in the manga. It's also so... a backstabber. Yeah, so, um, so, like, Knives, like, already being named Knives always felt a little, it felt cheesy in a way that didn't feel right for Trigun. Like, Tri Trigun is very cheesy at times, but that felt like the wrong kind of cheesy, yeah. where having him be named Nye and then him renaming himself Millions Knives... Uh, I think is a nice touch. And, and he does give off very, like, I remember from, like, the anime and the manga, like, he gives off very, like, edgy theater kid vibes. And so, like, seeing him playing the piano, I was like, that's kind of silly, and but also I, I can roll with it. Like, I think that's yeah. kind of a silly uh, trope or whatever. I know Tales of the Abyss did that, where they, but, like, even that game was, like, all music-based, so I could, like, you know, I had to laugh for yeah. a second. I thought it was I... sillier than it was threatening, but that's just me. <laughs> I... But he... I honestly just couldn't get over the fact that I was just like, why is his robe covered in blue leeches? I'm really curious. I have no clue what the fuck that's supposed to be. I feel like be. that's a purposeful design thing. Like, there's some kind of meaning behind that. And I'm curious to see where they go with it. If it isn't, if, like, we get to the end of this and there's yeah, no I'm reason and it too. was just an aesthetic thing, then I'm going to be like, why? But for now, I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, because I'm just going to be like, okay, that was just an ugly <laughs> aesthetic thing. That wasn't even cool. That was just ugly. <laughs> fuck you. Um, talking about aesthetics, um, Vash the Stampede has been completely <laughs> fucking redesigned, and... Okay, so one of my biggest things when it comes to reinvention is iconography. Like, if you're gonna make a new Batman, you gotta have the pointy ears, you gotta have, like, the bat symbol, you gotta have the cape, you gotta have the utility belt. There are certain things that go into a Batman design. Whether it's live-action, animated, video games, doesn't fucking matter. Um... And, like, the same thing goes for, like, any adaptation. Like, a, an example of this being done terribly, in my opinion, is that um, live-action Power Ranger movie from a few years ago, where it's just like, why is this a team of color-coded Guyvers, and where the fuck are the Power Rangers <laughs> in this image? I, I just, like... Cause it's cause like all the iconography got stripped out. It's just like okay, yeah, like you have like a color coded team of warriors, and I can kind of see like oh yeah, like that kind of looks like their power morphers where their belts would be if they had belts in this, and like you gave them like a weird bluey glow, glowy gem in the center of their chest like fucking Iron Man instead of like the diamond patterns that they had, and like the helmets don't really look like their dinosaur like you know equivalent so i'm like i they didn't look like the fucking power rangers and vash stampede here just does not look like vash stampede if you showed me that image i would probably like out of context 
I would put together that it's Vash because I'm like, okay, red coat, mechanical arm, blonde hair, round glasses. Okay, that's Vash to Stampede. It's a very weird take on Vash Stampede, but like the silhouette has completely it's his changed. Hair that gets the me. iconography is gone. Like his hair was yeah. very like iconic. You know, his hairstyle was like that's mm-hmm. Vash's hairstyle. You don't really see that specific thing like very much anywhere else. But like that's the thing that gets yeah, me. It's, it's, it's like, like it know, being, if you... the coat being red, even though I can kind of go like Red Sun's coat is more Vash than this one is. <laughs> like Red Sun from Lego Monkey King, right. his coat is more like Vash's than this current Vash's coat is. And I really don't like the, like, I guess it's a hood. I don't know. I don't like how that looks, but that's just me being like, I just don't like that. But really his hair is He's like... very Edward Elric core <laughs> if you've ever seen <laughs> yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. I know, like, um, it, it, what's funny is that I, like, started watching the episode. And like I said, it had been a long while since I saw, like, the teaser trailer or thought about it. So when I started the episode and I saw, like, the haircut and everything, I was like, hey, wait a minute. How come he has the haircut that I wanted to get but that I couldn't because my hair apparently isn't the right kind of hair for it? Like, what? That's not fair. For- oh. Give him his hair back. Don't give him mine. Don't give him my dream haircut. It's illegal. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, yeah, uh, I'm very iffy on, like, because it feels like, okay, th- th- this series right out of the gate just dump so many what i consider world building spoilers right out of the gate it's just like by the way like you know there were these ships called seeds um this kid took them out of space and like these people now live on this planet um vash has a mechanical arm so his arm is fake and it's lost technology um like you have uh the plants yeah all, all of this stuff where i'm like this feels like guys like, and, like one Vash at a time. Obviously like like has you could a connection have... to the plants. There's like so much knives exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. There, that was something that I even like had a note about, like the info dumping of like you know comparing it to the original of like the idea of having like you know yeah you want to have um, like your first episode you know should generate interest by like putting forth these are our characters here's some stuff to love about them and here's something to entice you to come back next week and i feel like most of what we got is like this is this character's uh archetype this is this character's archetype this is this character's archetype and here's a million mysteries aren't you curious and it's like that's that's too much and also like the original like the original slowly introduced, like you said, like they just kind of gave a bunch of world building spoilers all at once um, instead of like mm-hmm. keeping the interest. Like that was one of the things that was like with Adventure Time. The reason it was it like was as popular as it was was because it kept so many world building things like in their sleep. You know, like they just like, oh, what's behind my back? Yeah. I don't know, you know, and it's like I'm not asking for every show to go that extreme with it. That's actually one of the reasons I don't watch it yeah no that would never actually yeah. work for trigun but like you know you, you gotta hold like a couple of cards to your chest and i'm hoping i'm hoping that this series is going to introduce a bunch of its own unique twists and turns and like maybe they're gonna like, red hair you know us. its own unique world building <laughs> yeah like like maybe it's you know trying to like you know maybe pull the rug out from under like pre-established trigun fans which i'm okay with um, I can't help but feel something I'm not okay with is 
my tall, dumb mommy yes, Millie being fucking that. absent from this show. Right, what hey, the Millie. fuck? Look, hey man, it, what if if Roberto and Wolfwood end up making sandwiches? I might let it go. I'm just. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> I am just. I, Even though, like, I Roberto... do not know how I feel. I, I don't like Roberto. He feels either. like such a generic, like, just, also... like I said, like, I don't like that dynamic. And also, like, having Meryl call, like, this other dude senpai, as opposed to Meryl being the senpai rubs me the wrong way. It's like, why can't the girl be a senpai? Like, yeah, why do we wh- have to why do we... Meryl? What happened? What? Why did you throw off the gender balance of the fucking series? Because it was supposed to be like, you know, you had Vash... Wolfwood, Millie, and Meryl. And now it's Vash, Wolfwood, Meryl, and fucking Roberto. Roberto comes off to me as like a very less silly, more pessimistic Wolfwood. And like in the sense of like, kind of like, I don't know if this is the right way to use like the word flanderized, but he feels like a flanderized version of Wolfwood. Like if people watered down Wolfwood too much and took away his silliness you'd get Roberto, and I don't like that. That's not good. <laughs> like, Wolfwood was such a good yeah, character, like, as... and this just feels like a worse Wolfwood. Diet Wolfwood. And, and here's, okay, here's something else I don't like, is that they kind of took Meryl from the comic, from the manga and the anime, and Millie from the manga and anime, and kind of stapled them together into this new version of Meryl. Yeah, which, like, because really Meryl, <laughs> Mer- Mer- Meryl has like the whole serious thing going on, but also she's kind of like flighty and a little immature. And she's, you know, like when Vash compliments her, she's all yeah, like, that Ooh. was really weird to me. And it's just I like, was like, okay, that felt so that did, that weird. Didn't even, that didn't even really feel right with the rest of what they showed us. They didn't show her being weak to compliments before then either. It was just or after it was just that one moment. And I was like. That feels weird to me as a... <laughs> like, the only thing I can think of to, to justify this is that, like, Roberto has been such an obnoxious fucking dickhead to her for so long that having, like... She can't take a, a compliment like, properly. Someone compliment her. She's like, thank God someone acknowledged me as a positive. Ooh-woo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't... I like her design. I don't like her being a reporter. I think that's a less interesting job at than insurance agent, honestly, because rep- reporter feels kind of played out for some kind of yeah. story like this. I, where it's like, like, I got I gotta get my big scoop. It's I know just the like, manga ended with that, but there's a difference between that being your character's motivation throughout the series versus how the manga was like, oh, we got sick and tired of being insurance people, so we're reporters now, you know? Yeah. Like... <sighs> Like I can, I can appreciate like if that's what they were going for, like having a little nod to that fact, but it still yeah, was like kind of a worse idea because the insurance thing is like I, that it, it's like you said, it's so unique and it's so interesting and it made a lot of sense in the context of the original Trigun that it's like mm-hmm. this guy is causing us so many problems. Go watch him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and I'm gonna like you know, place my bets now. Roberto is a red herring. Roberto is going to be probably possibly a gung-ho gun or there's something else up with him. He's either going to have a heel turn or he's going to die. And then we're going to get Millie. (laughs) Please. For like season two. I don't know. Would like. I'm, I'm, I'm placing my fucking bets on this. Like the season one finale, 
like, is going to have, like, Roberto get fucking killed, and then, like, the teaser for season two is going to be the introduction of Millie. Like, I, don't, I don't know, because, like, with this version of Meryl... Because he's such will, a boring fucking character! With, like, with this version of Meryl, will, like, Millie... I'm genuinely thinking of this now, because you just had this thought in my head, like, would Millie bounce off of this version of Meryl as well as she did the original? Because, like... You had no nonsense, Meryl, who like di- like double checked everything and like had doubts and suspected everything she saw, and then you had all of the nonsense, Millie, who was just like, "Well, he looked over at me when I called his name, so he must be Vash the Stampede," you know, which like right. she was right, and that's and... part of what made Millie so awesome was that she was right a lot of the time yeah. with that. Yeah, no, like so much, like you know, M- Millie's a fantastic character, and going back and like. While I was rereading the manga and rewatching the anime, I'm like, oh, I'm really going to miss Millie. Like, like I was already sad when I realized she wasn't going to be in the show. But then, like, actually getting to, like, re-experience this character, I'm like, she's such a good foil to Meryl. But this version of Meryl is like a weird composite of the two. So I'm assuming if we do get Meryl or if we do get Millie, they're going to kind of harden Meryl a little bit. And kind of make her the more experienced one, like, by the end of season one. And then we get Millie. (laughs) And then Millie's, like, you know, the kind of flighty, doesn't, like, you know, intern or whatever. And before Roberto is Um, Millie's dad. And then, like, Roberto dies. And then Millie shows up. And Roberto dying, like, hardens Meryl. (laughs) Because it's, like, a combination of the two things you said. Like I said, I'm 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 throwing out my 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 bet for this series because Roberto is too fucking boring of a character for this show. I'm so done with pessimistic characters who hate the world. Like that's something that like I've told you that like what I loved so much and why the original Trigun meant so much to me and still does mean a lot to me is the fact that it's like I am a pacifist and I'm so sick and tired of stories that treat that as like stupid and inherently naive when in reality it's this really mm-hmm. nuanced and complex feelings and philosophies and so whereas so, like in trigun did a very good job of like some characters would comment that vash was very naive but the story itself didn't feel like especially the anime didn't feel like it was trying to say Vash was in the wrong at any point. They were bringing up the point that it's a very nuanced and complicated philosophy to have, and there's give and take. There are to characters it. who would yeah. argue with him, but like and like like and, and the people who were just outright just be like you're fucking stupid are they were usually mm-hmm. antagonists. And then, like, you know, like, Wolfwood would start arguing with them, but then even Wolfwood would start questioning his own philosophies. So, yeah. And so, like, um, the idea yeah, of no, Roberto like, I'm, just being, I'm curious. like, oh, I, everybody hates everyone. All I'm like, go, why are you a main character? Get out of here. I don't like you. You are the yeah, exact like, thing I'm tired of seeing everywhere. <laughs> I'm curious if they're going to, like, soften Wolfwood. I would like to see that, because I feel like Already, Vash and Wolfwood were a great, like, kind of Eldorado, Miguel and Tulio style, like, duo. And that's what I loved so much about them. I feel like if they Mm -hmm. softened Wolfwood by the time he came in in order to balance out Roberto's BS, that, like, that would be heightened even more. And I would actually really love to see that. Because I love Vash and Wolfwood being kind of silly and how they handle things. I'm not sure how I would handle the wobification of Wolfwood, but we'll see. Because honestly, like 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 the Whoopi like the Whoopi fied version of Wolfwood is Levio the Double Fang. <laughs> you, and... got <laughs> you got a point. You got a point. 
So like, you know, and honestly, I'm already worried about that. Like, like that, that's something I'm putting off. In the, like, I'm worried he's going to pop up in episode two and I'm going to be like, what the fuck? He didn't show up to like the halfway point in the manga. He's not even in the, the original manga. anime, like, right? He's not, right? Yeah. 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 No, no, he's not in the original anime at all. So like the fact that like they're already showing him in the trailers, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Don't you fuck up so, one of my favorite oh, this, characters. This whole first episode has me like on this like middle, I'm still like I was going into this kind of cautious but not pessimistic and I'm still feeling cautious but not pessimistic. Because I feel like characterization-wise, I feel like they did Vash very well, especially for a first episode. Yeah. But Meryl, I'm kind of eh on, you know, and I don't like Roberto. So now it's like, right. because of that, I'm like, I have no idea. Is this like, Wolfwood could either be really on point or really off, or like, Livio could be really on point or really off. I don't know, because they got Vash really yeah, no, on point I have no and clue Meryl what the fuck these characters are gonna be. <laughs> I have I have no clue what these characters are going to be like moving forward. Um, I will say, um, I want I want to end like the 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 fan girl um, like tangent on a positive note though by saying I did love that they name dropped the Badlands the the Badlands gang and when they go to the uh, tavern in the background shot like you know at the bar. There is a wanted poster for Brilliant Dynamite's Neon. I saw that, and I knew I recognized that uh, character design and that name, and I was like trying to remember, you know. Yeah, he's he he's the guy who like uh took like uh, tried to uh rob the sand steamer early right, in the show right, right, and right, early right. in the manga. Oh man, I do know that. Like, I also um, uh, are we gonna get the total okay. slaughter song? I would really love to get the total slaughter. Song. <laughs> I love that thing. Oh my god! But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that wraps up all of our critiques. I'm good. Are you good? Like I said, I really enjoyed this. I, I okay. had fun. And I'm still like cautious, but not either optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just cautious, but I'm still giving it a shot. Yeah. The animation is still kind of I'm... something to get used to. But overall, I enjoyed mm. myself watching it, even with all the like complaints and everything. It wasn't, it wasn't a drudge getting through, you know, I had fun. Yeah. I I will say like there are definitely fun elements. I uh, it could be a lot worse. I do feel like if this wasn't Trigun, I probably would have dropped it based on the writing caliber of the first episode and I would only come back to it if people told me, "No, no, no, wait, it actually got so much better." Um like you got you got to stick with it. Um like but yeah, that's kind of where I fall on it. So we are going to rate this first episode on the bullet scale of one to six bullets. Kai, my friend, what do you rate this on a scale of one to six bullets? One bullet being total garbo, six bullets being peak trigon. Okay, good. Baby. I'm glad you clarified because I was about to ask, is this music rules, like music scoring rules or not? <laughs> I think I'd have to score it twice, like once for on its own as a first episode of a kind of sci-fi anime, I'd probably give it a 
about three and a half. <laughs> if I can do, if I'm allowed to do that, split cut a bullet in half. You you you, you could do half bullets. <laughs> you know what? If, if that one guy can shoot a bullet out of the sky, you could you you could All cut right, a bullet we're go in with, half. Like as like on its own, without thinking of the original, I'd probably give it like the three and a half bullets of like very info dumpy. Probably same thing of like I wouldn't really want to come back because of the animation and the info dumpy. But also there was a lot to like. And then as mm-hmm. a, you know, longtime Trigun fan, I'm just going to have to say three. I'm just going to have to drop it down because I'm like, Meryl okay. kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but also not so much to drop it down to one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to give it a single score on this. I am going to give this three bullets. I'm going to err on the slightly negative side of neutral. It could be... Far, far worse. Um, as a Trigun fan, it definitely irked me. But also, just as like a fan of like anime in general, I'm like, this is a really sloppy first episode. As you said, this script clearly has like first draft syndrome, and it it could have been so much better. But I also acknowledge it could have been so much worse. And if this were just a brand new anime and I had no context for Trigon or whatever, I would probably have dropped this after the first episode and go, eh, this isn't really for me. Yeah, sounds like we're in pretty much in agreement. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, we'll just go ahead and say between us, you know, like three three bullets each. Um, and that wraps up this first episode. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Fingers crossed it will be a much better episode. And hopefully the next episode's podcast will be a much shorter yeah, we one. We had a lot to get through like because we had to go over like a, initial Trigun knowledge and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm definitely going to edit this bitch back down and post. <laughs>